The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Well, I like to say that this program is an oasis of sanity in the crazy world, increasingly crazy world. Um, I don't know if you're going to find that exactly today, except for the fact that um, we're going to be explaining it all, (laughs) everything you didn't want to know (laughs) about the sad state of America, Um, but it's something super important to know. Today's show is, is the election already being rigged? by internet hacks and media bias. Um, whatever, whichever candidate you are for, and if you've been listening to the show, <laughs> you know that I have been and still am uh, staunchly behind Donald Trump. Uh, click. If I, could hear, if I could hear the clicks of everybody going off right now. <laughs> um, don't go off, because what you need to hear about today is, regardless of which candidate you're for, There are some really, really dangerous things that are happening in our country that will affect our country from now on, regardless of who wins, and um, that we have to start paying more attention to to not let it get worse. So... um, you know, the, the, I mean, I know, of course, everyone's thinking, or not everyone, some of you may be thinking that, um, oh, this is all just Trump saying uh, the election is going to be rigged and that's just to save face for when he doesn't win and so on. And by the way, you know, it's not so definite he's not going to win. But in any case, there are some real, real um, pieces of evidence that indeed, um, there are some strange things going on behind the scenes. We've seen that already with the uh, Democratic National Convention, with the, with the leaks, the um, email leaks that came out and what they did to Bernie Sanders. Not that I'm a Bernie Sanders fan, but he didn't have a fair shake from the get-go. And, um, and certainly um, things that are going on in the media uh, I'm going to introduce my guests in a second, but I just want to say this, that after the second debate in which I thought even a five, fifth grader, a five-year-old or a fifth grader could realize that Donald Trump um, was one and, and made the, most, the best points and so on, I come home from watching the debate and put on Google News. Well, actually, I was listening to the radio, and that was, uh, it was a station that was trying to seem fair, but it clearly wasn't. Um, and then I look at Google News, and everybody's saying that Hillary won. All the po- they're saying that the polls are showing, which isn't true, but they're saying that the polls are showing that Hillary won the, the debate. So, um, so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about what's happening to the Internet. 
um, unbelievable things already are happening, and um, I will introduce my guests, and they will—they are experts in both of these areas, and they will talk about uh, these things in more detail. Um, my uh, my get one guest. I have two guests, and they're both experts in these areas. David Kupelian, He is an award-winning American journalist. He's the vice president and managing editor of online news giant WND. He's the editor of Whistleblower Magazine and a widely read columnist. He's the author of three influential books, The Marketing of Evil, How Evil Works, and The Snapping of the American Mind, Healing a Nation Broken by Lawless Government and Godless Culture. Uh, He's been on all the TV shows, radio shows, and so on. Similarly, (laughs) also on all of these shows, is Michael Dougherty. He's a senior writer for Cyber Defense Magazine and is a board member of SnoopWall, the global leader in affordable breach prevention. He's the author of The Devil Inside the Beltway, which is the shocking expose of the U.S. government's surveillance and overreach into cybersecurity, medicine, and small business. So, which one of you would like to start? Oh, I defer to David. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, David, go right yeah, ahead. just a nice little clouch we got here. I, I, listen, here's a good place to start. I think this is a good place to start. Okay. The, the Washington Post this year has five different writers at the Washington Post have compared Donald Trump to Adolf Hitler. Hitler is probably the most hated person in history. Is that fair? He's probably mm-hmm. the most hated, evil, you know, mass murderer. Now, there's a lot of things you could say about this, but if Donald Trump really were Hitler... It would justify rigging the election in every way possible. It would justify voter fraud. It would justify media bias, data, all, all this stuff. Uh, let's, 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 listen, in Hitler Germany, there were at least 16 known plots, and some say there were more, to assassinate Hitler. One of them was the 20 July plot, the uh, Valkyrie. They made a movie with Tom Cruise. Remember that? Uh, Valkyrie. Uh, uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the great... A uh, revered uh, German minister was hanged by the Germans because he was involved in that plot to assassinate Hitler. Those people are considered to be heroes and patriots. So, if you have the Washington Post and other media, MSNBC, or as we say, MSLSD, and others <laughs> that are freely calling Donald Trump Hitler, uh, this is, I wrote a column about this recently, basically saying if somebody takes a shot at Donald Trump, tries to assassinate Donald Trump, thinking that somehow he is the modern-day, you know, Klaus von Stauffenberg. Remember Tom Cruise and Valkyrie? He's, he's the heroic uh, colonel who's going to rid the world of a monster and stop a terrible war and end a terrible genocide. Uh, the, the, if somebody shoots Trump, the Washington Post is complicit. Okay, that's a pretty, mm-hmm. pretty edgy thing for me to say. Okay. Mm-hmm. But this mm-hmm. is what we're talking about. When you tell unstable people that this man is Hitler, mm-hmm. if you really mean it, Hitler deserved to be assassinated by those 16 plots, and it's a shame they didn't because right. it would have saved 6 million Jews and stopped the war and the Holocaust and all the rest of it. So this is where, you know, my part of this discussion has to do with media bias. We are way beyond media bias. When I started 35 years ago in the news media, it was biased to the left. We are in a different universe now. We are now where Trump supporters are protesting. In fact, the Media Research Center um, 
chairman, uh, Brent Bozell, well-known conservative, today he is calling for Trump supporters and all good Americans to protest, to picket outside all media outlets mm. okay, in the country because it is, it is, the mask is off and it is so flagrantly they are simply doing everything they possibly can to make one candidate win and to trash the other one as Hitler 24-7. And that's not what Thomas Jefferson and the other founders were talking about when they said, when they, you know, enshrined a free press in the First Amendment. So uh, that, that's, that, that's my penumbra of this whole discussion. The left, which includes the news media, looks at Trump as Hitler or something akin to him. And if that's true or even close to true, in their minds, not in reality, in their minds, it justifies all of this crap that they do. Pardon the language. It justifies all of it because if he were Hitler, it would be justified. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. I hadn't heard about the protest, but that's a good idea. Uh, Michael? Well, I, 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 to, to, to relay off that point, uh, I, I often talk about the founding fathers and the intent of the separation of powers and how uh, my position on this uh, fourth arm of government didn't start with Obama, didn't start with Bush. So I, I wipe out everyone in the room has their, who has their president they love to hate. And it goes back a 100 years where somehow, not exactly with Woodrow Wilson, but here's the first academic that becomes a president who seems to think that we are above the separation of powers and don't need it. Hence, he creates the beginning of the tentacles of power by giving all these agencies powers that ignore the principles of the Constitution and ignore the separation of powers. And things moved very slowly through that. And it started the beginning of the villainy. I always, I always talk about villainy has many masks, but none more dangerous than the mask of virtue. And what happens is everyone's got the mask of virtue. And if you think you've got a mask of virtue on, you seem to think it's perfectly fine to vilify and attack someone that's different than you. And what's amazing about right now is the hypocrisy in so many versions of the mask is not seen by these people. Uh, you care about minorities, so you get to call someone a racist. You aren't comfortable with outside thoughts, so you vilify those people. Uh, the journalists around here are unbelievable. And, you know, my background is 30 years in medicine. I got pulled into this game when the tree fell down on my company six, seven years ago in cybersecurity. And I have to say, being in medicine where... By default, you've got the, I worked in surgery and in, medic, and in cancer diagnostics. So by default, you've got a human being open on the table. That was a pretty good self-controller of the room so that we were all on message about our fellow man. That taken away, I'm shocked by people that have gone into journalism and still think they're journalists. Uh, and how the editors control things and how, I mean, just a few hours ago came out, the New York Times was, you know, doing stories on, on Hillary, but giving her final approval on what quotes were used and what she said. Oh, wow. That I mean, yes, is- that's the thing. It's like, um, you know, I guess I had a naive uh, view of this, but I seem to remember from, you know, from history classes, um, social studies that, 
the media was supposed to be unbiased, that you know, they were supposed to be presenting both sides of the, of the story. And I think a lot of people today still have that old-fashioned kind of view and ex- expectation of the media. So when they're saying all kinds of things, you know, finding the uh, what can we find uh, today to uh, destroy Donald Trump with, um, people, and, and that's in almost every media, medium, um, people are tending to believe that, oh, well, then, you know, that must be the most important thing, and that must be right, because they're supposed to be unbiased. O'Reilly recently said that there were five, there are five media corporations in which um, it has been passed down through the corporation Grapevine that anyone in the corporation who is supporting Trump is going to be fired. Did you hear about that? And that's groupthink. That is scary, terrifying groupthink that creates a culture so that if you dare think otherwise, your survival's on the line. There go your journalistic ethics. So at that moment, you have a Sophie's choice, don't you? Am I going to be yes. a journalist or am I going to have food to eat? Game over. Yes, yes. Right. They, they, they see themselves as having a different Sophie's choice. They feel like, because remember, because they say Trump is Hitler, how can they go through their normal pretense, it's not as though anybody believed it before, that they're being neutral and impartial and fair, um, but they put up a pretense. Now they're basically saying because one is so bad, they have to throw away the mask, they have to throw away the pretense and simply do everything they possibly can to stop uh, you know, who, the man they consider to be Hitler from becoming president. It, and, and if again... If you really were at Hitler, that would be a reasonable uh, course to follow because we can't have Hitler as president. But, but, you but, see, but there's Hitler, this rationalizing. 11 million people. Trump is a New York businessman who said something rude on a tape 11 years ago. There's a, there's a, little, there's a little difference. Uh, but you know, um, it's just so. It's just, they're just rationalizing. I mean, I don't. They they don't really think he's Hitler. I mean, are you saying that they really believe that that he's as bad as Hitler? Uh, I, you know, the column that I wrote quotes directly from them. They say different things. They, no, no one says I think he is capable of killing 11 million Jews, but they say he is Hitlerian in uh-huh. his thinking. He uh-huh. is, they, they they find certain parts of Hitler, but the fact is that when you're talking about a highly volatile, emotionalized, and in some cases, many cases, unstable uh, electorate. And especially yes. the left. You remember, you know, Bush is a Nazi. You remember the the placards during the uh, the, the the George W. Bush era. The left loves to call um, mm. the right or conservatives Nazis and Hitler. Mm. Um, that's what they've. Any time, I mean, for years, anybody who was opposed to to uh, to gay rights was Hitler. Oh, this is like Nazi Germany all over again. Everything is a comparison of the conservative right, the Christians, to uh, to. Uh, to Nazis, this has been part of the the the, the messaging of the left for for generations. Um, and and, and I'm, I'm hoping it's a big flame a flame out before the end because when you start throwing the Hitler card and the race card down, uh, you are signaling that you don't have a lot of other stuff, and <laughs> it stirs up a bunch of people. But, you know, I, I've always had faith in, in the common sense of many people in this country. And I can't wait to, I mean, because look, look at the left is now resorting to 
panic, vitriol, mm-hmm. rigging polls, uh, giving up uh, their editorial freedom and rights, uh, negotiating what they report in the news, which is the First Amendment, with who they're interviewing, uh, allowing their executives to work in, in the White House administration so that they also have access, which means they also give up control and their journalistic integrity. Uh, the list goes on. And the, and the real question is, when is the gauntlet going to go down? We're, I mean, I don't, I'm not surprised by this at all. I mean, there's such a panic and freak out, and this is only, what, October 11th? Uh, we've got another three and a half, four weeks of this. It's going to get just as bad, if not worse. And, um, and Trump's not going to really take it either. It's going to be very interesting. I, I, I just hope and pray that there is a silent group out there that's just taking breathing exercises till November the 8th. <laughs> I'll say one thing. This is not a boring election, having covered elections for a long time. This is not a boring one. And yes, Michael, there are people. Uh, Drudge had a story the other day where the, uh, the interviewer uh, interviewed uh, seven different psychologists about people that were having this, you know, uh, election anxiety and telling them they should limit their exposure to news and uh, that they should, you know, take up yoga and, and get more fresh air and <laughs> stuff like that because there's so much on both sides. And, and by the way, just before I forget, this business of quote approval, that's what it's called in journalism, uh, is very common. Um, it's uh, the Obama people. Basically, if you're in the Washington Press Corps, you want to interview Barack Obama, you have an agreement of quote approval that they will not do the interview unless you allow them to, you, you, you give them basically veto power on what's in the interview. It doesn't matter if you have it on tape, exactly the words that they said, they can veto it. That's been around for quite a few years. It is very embarrassing and shameful for the, uh, you know, the formerly, you know, the fiercely independent news media, thinking back to, uh, you know, Woodward and Bernstein and bringing down a corrupt president and Watergate, these two young cub reporters, you know, and what, what they did. So now it's like quote approval. If somebody says well, something to you, but they don't like it, they, and they can rearrange it. They can re- I didn't mean to say let me say it this way. Well, it certainly yeah. doesn't, I mean, that's horrendous, of course. I mean, that isn't the way it was, it's supposed to be. That isn't the way you're supposed to be getting uh, honest journalism. But also, it certainly shouldn't be that way when, there are, when it's an election, when there are two candidates. Um, I mean, you, you should be able to put, they, they shouldn't be able to, have, to approve what, what you write about them. I mean, it just takes away. Yeah, if you're doing a one-on-one interview, that's, that's very often the rule. Um, do, I, do I have time to say one more point about this before your, your break? Well, uh, so, sure. When you hear the music, you'll notice. Yeah, because uh, Michael made a great point. You're saying, Michael, about like how uh, you know this is a desperation thing to be going to Hitler and the race card and so forth. Um, it is desperation. Uh, I mean, the, the Hitler thing is, is absurd and dangerous. But, you know, the left always goes to the race card. Can I just say the obvious? America is the least racist nation on earth. Okay. We, back in the 60s, because of the Martin Luther King and the Civil Rights Movement, basically the American middle class changed its view on segregation in a generation. The vast majority of the American middle class totally bought in to the, the colorblind America. Like Martin Luther King said, you know, the content of your character, not the color of your skin. We just elected a black president. The idea that this is a racist country is, is really a big stretch. Well, okay, but there are people like in the Black Lives Matter movement who, would, who might disagree with that. But we need to take a break now. Um, my guests 
are David Kapelian and Michael Dougherty. We're talking about is the election already being rigged by Internet hacks and media bias. Stay tuned. We'll be back. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with you today about is the election already being rigged by Internet hacks and media bias? And this is something that you should care about no matter which candidate you're already planning to vote for. My guests are Michael Dougherty. He's the author of The Devil Inside the Beltway, the shocking expose of the U.S. government's surveillance and overreach into cybersecurity, medicine, and small business and David Kupelian, who is the uh, vice president and managing editor of WND and the author of The Marketing of Evil, How Evil Works, and The Snapping of the American Mind. I like that. (laughs) The American Mind has definitely snapped. Healing a nation broken by lawless government and godless culture. So, um, now, Michael, you were saying during the break that you wanted to respond to the Black Lives Matter well, comment. Well, I, 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 I bristle when I hear the word racism and Black Lives Matter when they're considered to be somewhat the, when they're supposed to be considered the, of the chooser, the, the decider of what and who is racist. Mm. Um, when I, first of all, see 99% of all blacks not joining them uh, when I when I have many friends that are black and they're upper and middle class that feel like black lives matter just 
pigeonholes them in identity that they've been trying to uh, uh-huh. not be. It, it, there's just so much, um, you know, self-important hypocrisy that's blown over, blown up by the media because the media wants eyeballs. And you look what happened to Baltimore. Note how they, Baltimore didn't melt down a second time when all the police officers were let off. You know, it is, the media has no conscience. They are, these, by and large, it's become these very ignorant professionals that just go into journalism and have these theories in their head, and you see their lack of integrity when they will sit here and create and spin something up mm-hmm. for news. Mm-hmm. And they, mm-hmm. because they assume, it's a, they assume those jurisdiction, uh, those journalistic ethics are expendable if it's a moral issue. Uh-huh. I mean, it's, it's what it's they not. believe in. And that's, that drives me crazy. And more, Black Lives Matter really does, because it hurts people, and it hurts blacks. Yes, yes. Okay, let's, let's move for a minute. We'll, we can, we'll go back to the media, but I want to get in, because this is a little, um, I want you to be able to have the time to explain this, uh, what is happening with the Internet in terms of it being more vulnerable to being hacked right before the election. Well, first of all, the Internet, and this, this actually ties into me, the, the Internet is the First Amendment on steroids. It is the tool to, to transcend bo- countries' boundaries, uh, political boundaries, uh, cultural boundaries. This intimidates people in power. The more tyrannical, the more you don't like it, the more you want to control it. Mm. Because tyrants don't live unless the populace is dumb and dependent. Mm-hmm. And so there's a very threatening tool. Hence, the most control are in places like Iran, China, etc. Now we have powerful people that want to control the media, but the media control is cracking, right? And you also have, coincidentally, uh, an industry that's exploded the past 40 years, and, and through no malintent, security was just an afterthought because we didn't know what we didn't know. We didn't know what was going to happen. So we have this cross right now where we really have extremely insecure networks by, to the fault of no one in politics. But the nice thing about that is then you get to kind of see what they think. Their diaries are open no matter how much they scream, yell, and threaten you. And this is what's been going on here. And, you know, you're not going to see the RNC hacked and make it be a big deal because you're not going to see the RNC trying to rig the election so that Trump wins. Mm -hmm. But you are going to see that happen to to the DNC. So, you know, there's vulnerabilities everywhere. The beautiful side of that is... You know, liars get to be exposed. Um, the downside of it is is that we have a lot of damage that's done and a lot of national security is threatened when we have those very same bureaucratic government people in a culture of no accountability so that the biggest and most vulnerable part of the U.S. economy is the U.S. government. So, you know, what we're having now is a screaming, yelling temper tantrum so no one can hear and pay attention so that's where the real problem lies. And right. you've got the irony then, the irony, almost laughable if it wasn't so serious, of the left suddenly being concerned about Russia. <laughs> that's, that's, my, that's the funniest part of all. I mean, they, they never cared about Putin. I mean, she handed him a red button. They're only trying to throw out a, a, a shiny object so no one pays attention to what, what was exposed. So, you know, we hack, everyone hacks, it's hacking all day long, but it, it's, it's what's being exposed and, and the hypocrisy of those same people that then, the last part I'll say is, as far as this icon internet control that gets moved over, 
You know, it, it's another keeping the bag over our head. Uh, it, it's not a hysteria-type transition where we're all going to lose Internet access tomorrow. That's not how we lose our freedoms. We lose our freedoms in a perverse, insidious, slow way where the bad guys get exposure to the knowledge that's in that database and in that area and have some influence in what decisions are made and give and more influence on their own own population, which then becomes more and more isolated from um, principles of religious freedom and, 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 and personal freedom. Okay, so, so that's tell my first synopsis where we're at. So mm-hmm. wait, so tell us about how who is changing um tell us about ICANN, who is changing it right now before the election, um and and you, you apparently um unless they stopped it by September thirtieth, which just passed, uh presumably they didn't tell tell us what happened on September thirtieth. Well, well well ICANN is look, the internet was created in the United States and ICANN was the or, or governing body of really just I mean, there's no center to the Internet. It's not some room of servers. But this is an organization that controls conflicts, domain names, uh, you know, that type of information. But it, it, was, atta- it was attached and controlled uh, in, through the Commerce Department and it, through a few political loopholes that really aren't relevant right now. But it was a, it's an American invention, so it was an American uh, control. Now, here we come 20 years later, and things have just utterly exploded. And it is absolutely international. So here we are again, you know, naively playing kumbaya. Uh, there's some people in the government, mostly on the left, especially President Obama, no matter how much failure hits that man over the frying pan, or, uh, over the head with a frying pan. The one thing we know about Obama is, unlike other presidents, he doesn't learn and change through his presidency. So he still thinks, after all his failures, that if he shares control through some diplomatic beautiful thing, that that's somehow going to make the world a better place. Hmm. Those of us who live in the real world realize that is giving a very big tool to some very bad people. Hmm. And so, and when, but he's not dumb. And when's the perfect time to slide these things through? Well, when Congress is out of session, when the media is obsessed with Trump and Hillary, when the American people is on vacation, and when he's out of office in a few months. So, you know, and, and how does he say what's going to happen? He doesn't. He leaves it opaque so that he says it won't end up in the hands of the U.N., which meant that it would have some influence uh, from northern Korea and Iran and China and Russia. Instead, it's going to go to an international body. And doesn't that sound good? So we really don't know where it's going to land. That's part of the strategy of moving it. Uh, if I, if you, it's like getting a, a ruling from a judge when he doesn't tell you why. And so then you can't really object. So if you're screaming at nothing, then you mm-hmm. look like the crazy one. That's the masterful manipulation of the Obama administration. They play it beautifully. Yeah, so did something happen? Did something happen on September 30th? Well, yeah, it's transferring over, but the exact organization, we don't know yet. So, and, and that is but is not the issue because... That's part of the game is the bag over everyone's head. So, yes, it transferred uh-huh. over. In and of itself, it's not, it's not a light switch. It's not handing over, uh, you know, a utility to somebody. That's not what goes on there. It's, it's, it's a real policy, uh, conflict, disagreement, domain name um, organization, not so much a light switch of utility. And I think that's the, the thing we have to get correct in people's minds. Hey, Michael. And, and, uh, let, me, let me just... Uh, insert a 
a subtext to this, okay? Yeah, go because ahead. you're saying it's a little hard to get put your handle on. What's the, what's the real implication of it going forward? Yes, it's a little uh-huh. murky. The thing is, I just want to say Obama's mindset. We've watched this man for eight years. We watched him, you know, do the, the Iran deal, trade, uh, you know, a. a uh, this guy Bergdahl for five top terrorists. And I'll do all these inexplicable things. And if you really, if you honestly look at the man's mindset and his background and where he came from and the influences on him, he, I don't believe it's too harsh a word to say he hates America. Mm-hmm. I could use other words, but let's just go with that. He thinks America is for the most part, a malevolent influence on the world. This is the theme. He wants to reduce America's footprint in the world, in the Middle East. This is all the inexplicable. Why did we just, why, why did he allow ISIS to come? Why did he not effectively go, you know, we're having Christian children being crucified and buried alive overseas, and, and, and you're telling me that the United States of America cannot beat these demon-possessed people uh, with their, you know, stolen weapons and their uh, money from the, uh, the, you know, the oil wells that they've, they've taken there, that we can't, we, you know, we, we defeated Nazi Germany. We defeated Imperial Japan at the same time. Don't tell me we cannot defeat ISIS, mm-hmm. okay? So Obama's mindset, okay, I'm not saying that he's going to hell. I'm not saying he's the worst person ever lived. I'm saying, you, look, you're... You're a, you're a therapist. You understand. You think about people, um, about what influenced them as a child and how it crops up as an adult, okay? And so this guy was mentored by a card-carrying communist, was one of the most important people all his life in his early years, Frank Marshall Davis. His father abandoned him. His, his stepfather was a Muslim. His, his, first, his real father, birth father was an atheist and Marxist. Um, he had a really crappy childhood, okay, in terms of the influences on him. And it shows. He, was basically, he has this affinity toward Islam, and he has an affinity toward the far left, toward Marxism. Uh, this is not a guy who lived 3,500 years ago in Mesopotamia. It's very easy to connect the dots, talk to the people, yes. his teachers, his friends, and so forth who are around. It's, it is, it's, the media will not report it. It doesn't mean that there aren't lots of books written about it and that it's not well known. He is a true Marxist radical uh, from, from, with a very strong sympathy. Whether he's Muslim or not, who cares? I, nobody knows. It doesn't matter. He's very strong. So he, he, but he hates traditional Judeo-Christian America. And so when he goes and does something like this about changing this, uh, who has control over this aspect of the Internet. You can say, why is he doing that? And if you look at it too, kind of tactically, you might say, I don't know. It's just in his DNA to reduce the influence of America in the world because he has this resentment. He has this resentment that goes way, way back to his youth, and he's constant. We're just watching him just play out. America yeah. is this whole morality play. We watch out with... 330 million people all struggling, and we watch this man, this traumatized man who's in the grip of dark forces he doesn't understand. And this is a very tiny thing, in my opinion, compared to a lot of what he's done uh, during his, his two terms. But it's still, I'm just trying to add a little, you know, a, just a, a, a philosophical look at why he would do so. He has no reason to do this. There's no reason to do this now, okay? But he's doing it because it's one more area where he can bring America down. You know, Dick Cheney said it. 
He says this man, the former vice president, and this man is is trying to bring America down. Those are the words he yes. used. So I have talked about. I, I'm so glad you you said that because I have talked about that on this show um, before. Uh, I call him a domestic terrorist. I think that he is uh, consciously. Certainly unconsciously, but I also think consciously, um, trying to make America more vulnerable to terrorists and just in general to bring America down. I agree with you. I think he's the worst president we've ever had. Well, I also think it, 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 I purely believe it's intentional. This is this is someone. If you look at what he and Hillary Clinton with Alinsky's rules for radicals. If you look at the training book and the influence, and also his lack of real world interaction, this guy was pretty much raised in a petri dish to be who he is. So there is, and part of that is an extreme example. What the, what the media has become now deceptive. And they truly believe, and this is where they part company with most of America, that lying and crime-breaking, I mean law-breaking, is okay. It's part of the game. It is a tactic to use. So silence is a verb with Barack Obama. And anyone that can defeat who our all-time champion was up until that point, which was the Clintons, and, and then bring them in. And, I mean, I'm telling you, we have, thank goodness for her age, and thank goodness that Barack Obama's almost done, because there is a point with so many Americans that don't get this, you just wait and pray for January of 17. And I was always taught to never wish my life away. And that's the only reason I'm not really doing it, because I fully expect him to keep this up. Well, uh, that's just the, just heard the music to take another break. We will continue with this when we come back. I also want to um, sort of have finished the, the, um, the what, what we started talking about in regard to the Internet as far as how making it more vulnerable, how changing ICANN makes it more vulnerable to hacking for the election. So we'll, we'll get to that when we come back. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. My guests are Michael Dougherty and David Capellian. We're talking today about is the election already being rigged by Internet hacks and media bias. So it's for you to decide. Stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com 
Now there's a new destination for video content. VoiceAmerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7. VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back uh, to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. This is a very lively and important conversation, no matter who you are planning to vote for. And I know for a lot of people that kind of changes from day to day. Um, we're talking about is the election already being rigged by Internet hacks and media bias? And um, again, uh, when, we, when we left off, well, I just want to clarify the, um, how vulnerable our um, election is to being hacked, how, how you know, vulnerable because in so many um, precincts, so many places, there is... It's by the internet, and could you just explain? My guest is yeah, Michael Dougherty and David Kapelian, and I would like Michael had... to just explain about the internet aspect of it. Never before have we had so much technology and software involved in the electoral process, and what that is is a catalyst for speed and centralization of data, knowledge, and therefore theft. At the same time, we're at a tipping point of how dangerous and vulnerable it is because we are behind in the security. So by taking elections and, uh, and putting them through into the technological world at this point, when not having the protections caught up, it's, it's more, never been more vulnerable. Uh, and and we've, we've pretty much jumped the shark, so to speak, as far as that goes. We've always had some sort of voter fraud here and there, but that's never been enough to impact the result of an election because it's so hard to get your hands on so much to influence an election result. And it's so hard to do it without physical evidence. But cyber theft on the backside leaves very little fingerprints. And when they do leave fingerprints, yeah, they might be in Russia or somewhere else, but what are you going to do about it? So that's the vulnerability right now is that once again, the government has run headlong into doing this. Some would say, uh, you know, if you're jaded because they like voter fraud, <laughs> so you uh-huh. can have your, you know, that's okay with them, um, you know, because people don't like, they're, they're, if you're a negative person, you don't like freedom because freedom is messy and you're scared of it. If you're, and so, but be that as it may, that's, that's the real why we're so vulnerable. Now, I can make it more vulnerable in the future because we're giving away influence on the system in domains and and things like that to people that aren't in alignment with our values of the First Amendment and religious freedom and freedom of people. And that's why that's such a big deal, although that icon in of itself, I don't think is a light switch that's going to affect us in two weeks. Okay. David, do you want to comment? Well, yeah. See, I'm not an expert on uh, Internet 
uh, you know, cyber vote fraud. But I can tell you as a journalist, um, it, it's one of the memes of the left that, uh, you know, vote fraud is not real or it's not enough to make any difference. Uh, yes, it absolutely can make an impact, especially on a tight election. And it just voter fraud in general. I want people to know you have dead people voting, you have legal and illegal immigrants voting, you have felons being fast-tracked, as uh, uh, Terry McAuliffe, uh, old-time crony of the Clintons, did now that he's uh, governor of Virginia. Uh, other states doing it, you have voter machines that have no paper backup, so if there's a, uh, a problem, you can't, if it's a challenge, you, there's no way to go and, and, and uh, re- recount. Um, you have people registered in multiple states voting. You have just the fact that the government goes against uh, common sense voter ID laws. Okay, I, I, I mean you cannot go and, and buy some some medication yeah. in the drugstore without showing an ID. Yeah. So you have they want that. Why do they, why do they shoot down a normal? Oh, it's racist. Really? Mm-hmm. I never knew that black people were not allowed to get uh, get mm-hmm. the voter ID uh, or to get you know ID in this country. You cannot drive. You can't do. You can't fly. You can't rent a car. There's a lot of things you can't do uh, if you don't have uh, ID. So. That, that is like, that's, that's, that's circumstantial proof that they actually favor voter fraud. And, yes. and honestly, every, every election, as a journalist, we have stories about people that went to vote. They vote all the way down ballot. Uh, they, they vote GOP. And then it turns out on this machine, it turned out to all Democrats. They say, why is that? And then the answer is, well, they might have touched it the wrong way. Okay. They might have pushed the, the touch screen too hard. So, really? You know, when I was much younger... You write it on a paper ballot. You have mm-hmm. a bunch of, 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 of all women of both parties <laughs> and people watching, and they'd count and count and count, and maybe it was a few hours later than all the, the gee was fast technological way of doing it, but you know what? We can wait to have a fair election. So the, I'm saying it is, it is a real issue. Again, as a journalist, every day we see stories uh, of, of voter fraud, that are happening in different parts of the country, and if the if the, if an election is as close uh, as it it may well end up being by the time November eighth comes along, it could make a difference. So and that's I what say, I'm concerned about. Why is Condoleezza Rice Republican? Voter fraud. Because ironically, it's the Southern Democrats that played this game like you wouldn't believe to let African Americans not vote and wouldn't give them information, wouldn't give them cards. The irony that now they don't want you to have a card. When the card used to be what could be, that if you didn't have it, you couldn't vote. It is, they'll say anything. Mm-hmm. And it is all about, um, <laughs> I mean, the, the evil's uh, uh, incredible. And, uh, you know, well, I think I there's a great comment you, there. I, I want to ask you both. Um, yeah. What do you think would happen in this country if um, it turned out either that Hillary or Trump was declared the winner or seemed to be the winner on Election Day, and there were reports, as there probably will be regardless, um, of voter fraud, you know, something about the Internet, something about, I mean, I guess we're not going to necessarily have hanging chads anymore, but um, how do you think the country is going to react well, there are going to be reports because there always are. I mean, just just as a statistical reality, there will be reports. How big they are is another question of of uh, of, of questions, voter fraud, voter abuse of some sort. Uh, even without that, 
I do believe things are so polarized in this country, perhaps more than they have been since the Civil War, that whoever wins, you will have some number of people on the other side that will say, that's not my president. I don't recognize that person as mm. the president. And have, having reports of voter fraud will allow them to, uh, you know, to, to, to perfume that with the idea that it was actually rigged and, and it was stolen from their... But that's what they did. They say that, the, that Bush stole it from, from, uh, from Gore. You know, Bush won the electoral vote, Gore won the, um, the popular vote. Uh, and so we have, a, we have an electoral vote system, but, but, but you had, to this day, you have people on the left saying that, that Bush stole the election from Gore. When there's actually a lot more reports of voter fraud that would have given the election to Bush in that election in Florida. And this is the, look at Eric Holder, what he did. It also is dependent on who wins and what happens with the Justice Department. Because right now the Justice Department's taking the biggest beating ever on credibility, I think. I mean, maybe Hoover had more credibility issues. I think he just had fear. But, uh, you, Eric Holder and, and the Black Panthers intimidating people, what did he do? He just whistles past the graveyard. So it depends on who's accusing who and who's in power. Uh, the whistling past the graveyard is very big. I mean, it's, you know, the, the self-righteous are always the loudest, and uh, you're going to see... Remember, remember, Michael, that, that the voter fraud statistically is usually on the part of Democrats. And I'm not exactly. beating up on Democrats. There is a psychological reason for that. And the reason is there, there's, there's an old saying that conservatives regard liberals as naive or, or even dumb, okay? But the left sees the right as evil, right. i.e., mm-hmm. like Hitler, okay? Mm-hmm. And, and if you and I were, you know, Klaus von Stauffenberg going back to Valkyrie and we're, we're plotting to, to kill Hitler, we're going to be lying and cheating all day long because the left is at war. They consider themselves at war with us bad guys, and, and Sun Tzu said that war is deception. And so lying, voter fraud, it's a small price to pay uh, to save all those six million Jews if you're looking at the conservatives as Hitler. And that, that is how they, that, that is, look, the, the truth is the left, I'm talking, I'm talking about your nice liberal sister, I'm talking about the hard left, they're insane, okay? Their worldview is absolutely insane and violates all the laws of God and common sense and human nature and economics and the lessons of history. They're, they're, they're nuts. But those are the people that regard normal, middle-class, Judeo-Christian, you know, moral, work hard, pay your taxes, Americans, as somehow, you know, evil and Hitler and, and racist. That, that's... that's <laughs> That's, that's and, a little answer, and, but that, that and is kind of horrifying irony of yeah, that we're, subgroup. We're running out of time. I just want to ask you each really quickly, um, do you think that WikiLeaks is going to have an October surprise? October, we're halfway through October, and if so, really quickly, what do you each think it is? <laughs> it's, that's why they call it WikiLeaks. It's leaking out a little bit at a time. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I honestly, I have no idea. I hope, for the sake of the country, that they're just <clears throat> that Assange is sort of in his mind saving the best for last. For whatever reason, I, you know, votes are being cast right now. There's early voting all over yeah. the country. There is no November eighth. I mean, yes, there's November eighth, but there's a lot of votes that the left has banked because they're the ones really into all this early voting uh, thing. And so, uh, I, if he, if he do have it. I hope he'll spring it really fast yeah. and not wait for November 7th. <laughs> well, today well, he would... did release... 
some things. What do you think, Michael? Us. Really, really quickly. Yeah, yeah, I, I do believe he's going to come, but and I, but and he's going to drift out because only, because, but it's not going to be a huge single bullet today. He's attacking Podesta, uh, and and Podesta has been talking about UFOs, and he's going mm-hmm. after their credibility. And in, in you know, Assange mm-hmm. is another manipulator, and he's a mortal enemy of Hillary Clinton. So well, if I, I if I had my way, if I could uh, get my wish. Uh, about one thing that um, WikiLeaks would leak, uh, it would be Hillary's medical records because I think this country is in such denial about just how ill she is, and um, somehow she's been managing to make it through the through the debates, uh, not collapsing. But um, right. but if I, if people knew what was in there, I know that they would be shocked, and it would make them think two and three and four and five times. Can I just well, can I just mention that what what came out today, yeah. Podesta? This is Hillary. His campaign manager, he said, quote, I know she has begun to hate everyday Americans, unquote. That's mm-hmm. Hillary's campaign manager. He mm-hmm. says she hates everyday Americans. That's a pretty big bombshell in itself. That's right. Yeah. Now we have to go. The problem is the media bias, you know, these things get buried and all the stupid stuff, the locker room talk about Trump gets to be headlines. Well, we need to um, we need to draw this to a to a close. I want to thank um, David Capellian again. He's uh, his books are "The Marketing of Evil: How Evil Works," "The Snapping of the American Mind: Healing a Nation Broken by Lawless Government and Godless Culture," and Michael Dougherty. His book is "The Devil Inside the Beltway." The shocking expose of the U.S. government's surveillance and overreach into cybersecurity, medicine, and small business. Well, thank you both. You're, you really had a lot of uh, fascinating things to say and important things, and I hope all of you um, listen carefully in terms of what these things mean for our country. Again, regardless of who you think you're going to vote for, um, these are things that, uh, that really attack the very fabric of our society, the media bias and the vulnerability of the Internet. So thank you both, and thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff, and management.